God's word still stands. It is true, and it has authority. If God's word is not true, if the Bible is not true, then the Christian faith does not have a leg to stand on. Antinomianism and the moral relativism that follows need to be cast out of our midst. We cannot fit scripture to our reason. We must fit our reason to scripture. Welcome to the Counting Room. Last week, I outlined five very good points that I found from a YouTube creator, and I described them as five essential beliefs of the Christian faith. These beliefs are as follows. 1. The authority of Scripture. 2. The doctrine of the Trinity. 3. Jesus is fully God. 4. Salvation by faith. 5. Life after death. This week, I'm going to mount a defense for the first point. This may also be the most controversial point, but I tell you with complete assurance that the Bible has authority and it is the true word of God. There are some scriptures that we need to examine here. John 1 1 through 10. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Matthew 5:17-20. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot, or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. James 2, verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. To begin with, we see in John 1, 1 through 1-10, that we are talking about Jesus as the Word. It shouldn't be difficult for us to see that there is an integral relationship between Jesus and the Word. That Word being referred to in John is not only the embodiment of Jesus' earthly ministry, but it is also the embodiment of Scripture in Jesus. There is such confusion that many have about the Old and New Testaments because we believe 
that they are so different from each other. We like to think that Jesus put an end to the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments, so that we no longer have to worry about them. But what this tells me is that we don't know the Old Testament or understand its message. The Old Testament teaches us about the same God and shows us the same grace. If we deny this, we forget the stories of Noah, Jacob, Moses, Ruth, David, Esther, and Jonah. These stories, and many others, foreshadow a more glorious covenant to come. The point that is lost is that in the Old Testament, man was still living under grace. Grace is not new to the New Testament, but it is fulfilled. It is made complete by the arrival of Jesus, who, as the Word, fulfilled Scripture. It is safe to say, then, that by denying the authority of the Word, we deny Jesus. To be clear on this, when we deny the authority and inerrancy of Scripture, we deny Jesus. There are some that will still push that the law no longer applies. This is what we mean when referring to antinomianism. I would refer them to the verse that I pointed out earlier in Matthew 5:17-20. Here we see that the Old Testament and the law still stand. We also see that there is no hope for us to keep the commandments. Even the Pharisees who saw themselves as law keepers were not righteous enough for heavenly rewards. No man is. The interesting thing to me is that if we keep reading Matthew 5, we see Jesus laying out the implications of the Ten Commandments, where, if you are angry, you are breaking the Sixth Commandment. With this strict interpretation of the law, can we hope to keep the commandments? Certainly not. I also cited James 2, verse 10, to make the same case. No one can keep the commandments. Here's why I'm making this case about the commandments. Many will say that if we believe in the authority and inerrancy of the scripture, that we believe in salvation by works. This is the opposite of what I believe. The Israelites before Jesus were under God's grace and would have known that it was God who delivered them. Their obedience to the law was not something they did to earn grace. It was something that they did because of grace. But not one of them could fully keep the law. All of this being said, I want to make it clear that we do not face a choice between Scripture or Jesus, but that the two are inherently tied together. It's also not a choice between faith or works. The two are inherently tied together. James 2 verse 17. Let me take care to make one point here. I do not argue for salvation by works. Being a sinner, I wouldn't benefit from that argument. The scales would not work in my favor. But, as James 2.17 points out, faith without works is empty. Now, here we are, a couple thousand years later, wringing our hands about translations performed by men, faulty interpretations, and misuse of scripture. I concede that all these things happen, but I also believe in God's divine guidance of his people throughout history. Therefore, we can trust that God, in his mercy, has delivered his word to us in full. If we say that scripture no longer applies, we're saying that it was wrong from the very beginning.
God does not change. He doesn't speak in error. If we say that we do not have true translations of Scripture, we're saying that we don't trust God to shepherd His people to victory and to continually sustain them by His oversight of His Word. We're saying that we trust man's propensity for failure over the ability of the Holy Spirit to guide us. God is not so weak, and our sin nature is not so mighty. It cowers before Him. Next week, I will continue this discussion on the authority of Scripture, and we'll be talking about the Ten Commandments. I believe that this is a topic that deserves quite a bit of our attention, so I look forward to putting my thoughts down on the subject. For the time being, I'd like to leave you all with some final thoughts. We try to reason away Scripture's authority because we don't understand Scripture. We try to please the world by bargaining what pieces of Scripture we might throw out and what we'll keep in order to please them. It will never be enough. You will always lose ground. Unfortunately, much of Christianity that we have takes the form of deism, where we only believe it if it fits our very finite reason. We do this so that we can fit in with our environment. It gains us nothing. It makes our message ineffectual, and therefore the world has no need for it. We act as if God's law word is a stumbling block that gets in the way of our ministries. But we're wrong. Scripture is the guide to keep us from stumbling. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Brothers and sisters, there is a lie that the word of God no longer applies and that we don't have to follow his law. If this is our message, then what need is there for grace? We must uphold the law of God, uphold the word of Jesus, and we must stand firm. We will be victorious. Let us say that we stood fast on the scriptures for that victory that he will surely deliver. I'm Joel Edgar. Thanks for joining. God bless.